Okay, so clearly you two are ill-informed <laughs> yeah, about what actually took place oh, all right. on the field. Tell the story. Honestly, who do you dislike more, me or Garrett? It's, it's a toss-up. It just really <laughs> depends on the day. I, I haven't done a lot of funky chickens in my day. Mm, wow. It is my privilege to be here with you two. Welcome to The Lounge. I'm Ryan Mink. And I'm Gary Downing. And, and what we want to do with this podcast is we want to introduce you guys into things that we see here in this building, in the castle here, and uh, take you guys kind of behind the scenes and give you a, a unique perspective on what's happening in the uh, world of the Baltimore Ravens. So today we have a special treat for you. One of our favorite players. I'd say this is one of my favorite guys. It is, and uh, I think by the end of this podcast, people will agree with us with that sentiment. Definitely. Well, we have the privilege today of being joined by Dennis Pitta. And, and Dennis, I can just tell by your attitude right now that you could not imagine being anywhere else other than this couch right now. That You're just so excited to be here. <laughs> you guys know me so well. <laughs> it is my privilege to be here with you two. Honestly, who do you dislike more, me or Garrett? It's, it's a toss-up. It just really depends on the day. Oh, there we go. <laughs> the well, request. Yeah, the number of requests that we have. Yeah, it, it depends on who's talking to me in the locker room. <laughs> so we want to get to the bottom of these uh, elite Flacco shirts. Suggs had one. <laughs> Joe said that you were wearing one this weekend going to the game. So what's the story behind these? Yeah, we uh, – so I will take full credit for the elite shirts. Really? I'm not going to give it to anybody else. However, <laughs> um, Morgan Cox did find them on – like bar stool. Yeah, yep. sounds about right. And uh, so he showed me. I was like, "Yes, we need to order a bunch of those. We're wearing those." And so we ordered like ten or fifteen. We made Morgan pay for them, and then uh, well, well done. The long snapper. Gosh, that's kind of brutal. I know he just signed an extension. Morgan, but. Order them. We'll pay you back. <laughs> Obviously, nobody's paid him back. But um, the guy just yeah, he just signed an extension. He's under a five-year deal. He'll be fine. Um, so yeah, we got them in, uh, when was the game? We got them in Saturday morning. And so we, we all wore them to the uh, Saturday night meetings. And then Suggs, I think, wore it on the podium today. Mm -hmm. He wanted to show it off. Of so all, all 15 to 20 guys or whatever, however many you got, wore them to the meeting. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And Joe's reaction? Although I heard you ruined the surprise. Yeah, well, I mean, Joe actually drove me to meetings. <laughs> he came and picked me up. So I, I didn't really feel like changing shirts after I got there, so I was just wearing it. But he laughed. He, had a, he actually wanted one. <laughs> yeah, of course he did. He played it off all cool God, at the podium. That would be the saying, best. <laughs> Can you imagine the memes if Joe, a photo was taken of Joe wearing that shirt? It'd be out of control. There was actually some discussion in the locker room post-game on Sunday whether or not he should wear one to the podium. And I advised him not to just because of the public opinion, you mm -hmm. know, the mass public opinion. Mm -hmm. um, but he actually wanted to. He's got to do it nice. after a huge day. Right. This, this week, it was a 13-7 you know, win. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was a defensive performance. It was more of a defensive day. We, we, we struggled at times offensively, for sure. Well, if he, once he throws, like, it's like the Bucks game, he throws five touchdowns again or whatever, then boom, flat elite, elite shirt. shirt. Yeah, we'll so, just have it on hand at, at all times. Speaking of your boy, can you talk to him about throwing you the ball a little higher? He was making you work for it. <laughs> he Everybody was making was me work. <laughs> First game back from the hip, you're going to the turf every yeah, single time. Yeah, I know. I, it was tough. I mean, 
No, it, it's one of those things that that'll come back for both of us. You know, I I had to go low for a couple of them, and you know, I actually I didn't come up with one of them, which was kind of frustrating. Um, which you know I feel like I normally do, but um, you know that'll come back. You know, his timing, my timing, everything that you know we uh, we built over the years, and you know he hasn't played in a long time. I haven't played in a long time, so it's just one of those feel things that it'll come back, and we'll. Uh, We'll be a little bit more, you know, efficient down the road. Well, you caught three for 39. I mean, you had the 27-yarder that, I mean, that was vintage. That was vintage Flacco to Pitta action right there. Yeah, that was a good one. I mean, really, I wasn't that open. You know, the, you the linebacker carried me. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, the linebacker just carried me up the middle, and it was one of those throws where we've done that before. You know, we've, we've made that that throw and catch before in practice and, and in a game situation. And so, um, you know, when he threw it, I wasn't surprised at all. And he, he did a good job because really the backer was running with me but had his head turned towards me and away from Joe. And so he, he wasn't able to make a play on the ball and I could just kind of put on the brakes and, and make the catch there. Here's a serious question. Do you, do you feel like now, like as you go out there and practice and you play the game, do you feel like you're as good now as you were before both of the injuries? Yeah, I mean – Physically, I do. I think uh, I just have to get a little bit more comfortable in the game. Like, you know, on Sunday, um, I felt good. I felt good physically. I felt like I was running really well and, and like I used to. Um, I just needed, you know, to kind of get, you know, uh, that game under my belt. And uh, it, it's tough when you haven't played in so long to really get the same feel back that you had. And so, you know, I. I am happy at, you know, some of the things I was able to do in the game, but certainly um, frustrated at some other plays that I had and uh, just one of those things where, you know, it, it was good to build off of, but, you know, I, I need to get, you know, better in some areas and, and, and more comfortable in some areas, and that, that, that'll come with time, and that'll come with, you know, the reps as we, as we move forward. So We've we got to talk about the elephant in the room, in this case the hip-o in the room. <laughs> that was for you. Well played. Thank you very well much. And, and that's the hip and the whole comeback, the whole the whole story. So I got a hypothetical for you. Sure. Okay. You're in rehab process, coming back from the second one. You're at a wedding. Okay. Twist and shout comes on. Maybe the funky chicken little. <laughs> na, 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 na. Do you sit that one out? Do you go out there and test the hip? What do you do? I think I always sit that one out <laughs> or not. Um... <laughs> I, I haven't done a lot of funky chickens in my day. Mm, wow. That's, um, I kind of would think you're a funky chicken kind of guy. I think like, you know, really? some of the... Really? You think that? Some of the faster dances I would expect you to sit out. I think you're a slow dance and a, a scripted dance kind of guy. Really? <laughs> Cupid shuffle? So, yeah. Like the, the group dances, I would see you doing that. So you don't trust my ability to improvise on the dance floor. You well, think you just I need, basically you said you think I need to be very choreographed in my movements. <laughs> You're reading between the lines I'm, right I'm there. I'm looking at touchdown celebrations, and you haven't shown me a lot. Well, I haven't showed you anything. So <laughs> that's, there's a big difference there. If I was attempting to dance post-touchdown, then that would be one thing. But I haven't danced at all, nor will I. Okay. I was, hoping we, get the, I was hoping we get the Antonio Brown twerk. Out of you. Oh. Yeah, I don't think you'll see that one out of me. <laughs> Can I do it? 
Yeah. <laughs> Will I do it? No. <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about, though, actually the real rehab process that you went through with Todd Heap and playing basketball? Because I remember you telling me that that was, that was like, you laugh, but that was an important part, was it not? Yeah, I mean, it was. You know, it, I was at a point, this was after last season, where, you know, I was on the pup list. I made an attempt to practice and, and get back on the field. And although I was running pretty well and felt pretty good overall in practice, it just wasn't quite right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we, we kind of shut it down for the year and, and, and made sure that, you know, we didn't want to get out there and, and risk anything when, when we didn't quite feel like it was the right time. And so the season ended, and I think a lot of people, because I didn't come off the pup list um, when I had the opportunity last season, um, kind of wrote me off thinking I was going to retire. And, and even in my own mind, I wasn't sure, because if I was going to continue to feel some of the things that I was feeling um, like I did when I practiced last year, um, it was going to make it difficult to to justify playing again. Mm -hmm. um, so there was not a lot I could do at home away from the football field to really simulate anything that I would have to do on the field. And so the closest thing that I could do was to play basketball, you know, to, to go against other people, to run, make full speed cuts and, and bang up against people and and do all that and so I played a lot of basketball from January till March and April um, before I had to make a decision whether or not to come back and uh, you know Todd you know is, is a good friend of mine and we hang out all the time in Arizona so I got him out to the basketball court and um, it was a lot of fun you know I scored a lot of points on him and uh, <laughs> you know put him in his place a lot but now Todd's a pretty good player but um, it was fun, and uh, you know, it, it gave me the feedback I needed and the information I needed that you know I, I could run, and, and my hip was going to feel really good, and it felt great, you know, through those months, and so it gave me a lot of confidence coming back. I mean, convincing Todd—it's not like you have to convince Todd that you can come back and play. You know, he he knows he's more doing it just because he was a friend and, and playing with you. Sure. But when you actually went through that process, and then you feel like, okay, yeah, I think I can do this. How did you actually convince your family? Because you've said it. I mean, you've said that. There were doctors and family members that said, don't do it. But how were you able to eventually convince them? And what was the final trump card that you had to play? Well, I mean, w once I made the decision that I was going to go back and play, you know, I, I was, I think, most nervous to tell my mom. I had had a lot of conversations with my dad about it. And, uh, you know, he was really supportive one way or another. Um, my mom was very firm in her stance that she didn't <laughs> want me to come back and play, obviously. Um, you know, as a mother, you don't want to see your child taking hits like that, getting injured the way I was the last couple of years and seeing, you know, your son carted off the field. I mean, I'm a parent. I have three children, and I certainly wouldn't want to watch any of my kids get hurt like that. And so I understand, um, you know, from a parental perspective, how difficult that is. Um, so, you know, when I told her, I, I, I think she was um, – she was – I don't know the right word for it. I guess frustrated or, or you know, uh, maybe a little taken back by it. But but at the end of the day, you know, she, she's been very supportive. And she's certainly expressed, like my wife, her, her nervousness, mm -hmm. you know, um, for each game. And, and, you know, her nervousness going into last Sunday. <laughs> but, you know, my family has been tremendous. And, and they're, they're always 
going to support me one way or another, and I think they trust me in my judgment. So It's always toughest to convince mom. Yeah. I mean, and to make that phone call when you know, like, mom's going to be ticked off. Nobody likes to do that. Yeah. God. It, I'd almost I, rather do it with my wife. I think what I actually did was I, I told my dad, and I said, hey, make sure you uh, relay that message to mom. Oh, that is a low <laughs> move. Um, and then, no way you actually did that. No, I, I, initially we did, and then... <laughs> You know, just to soften the blow a little bit. And then she obviously called me and we talked called after. You immediately. Was, that the How, tough, was that the toughest conversation? Yeah, I, I think it was. I think it was. I mean, um, telling my wife was, you know, she kind of knew all along that I was really contemplating coming back. Mm -hmm. And so um, that was always something that she kind of knew was a possibility. But I, I don't think I was as upfront with my mom about, um, you know, what my thoughts were moving forward. All right. You're a super emotional, super expressive guy, as everybody knows, just outwardly expressive. Are you being sarcastic? <laughs> I'm trying your move. Yeah. Uh, so what was, what was the emotion, most <clears throat> emotional part of Sunday's game, your first game back? Well, I mean, I think just running out of the tunnel, and that's you know, probably a pretty cliche answer, it's, you know, one that you would probably expect, but it's true. I mean, that's really when your emotions run the highest because once the game starts you kind of get into football mode and, mm -hmm. and thinking about oh this is my first game back this and that that all goes away mm -hmm. and so running out of the tunnel and being able to come out and you know hear the crowd cheer and um, you know run and and slap hands with my teammates going through and it was just uh, it was a special moment certainly because I knew it was you know a lot of hard work and, and uh, a lot that went into you know, me being able to have that opportunity again. And so it was cool. But, um, you know, like you said, I don't get overly emotional about things, I think. So <laughs> a lot of people have asked me, how cool was that? And it, and it was cool. But at the end of the day, you know, it was another game. And I, you know, I'll have plenty more going forward. Was the reaction from your family after the game when you see your wife? Or, or I'm not sure if your parents were there, but was Did it mom different? come? Mom didn't come to this one. Mom will come to, you know, one down the road. But she... I think she was a little too nervous to be at this one. Yeah. yeah. What was their reaction after the game? Did you get a lot of texts or? Yeah, I, I got a lot of texts and you know a lot of congratulatory texts. You know, um, not so much on the win. I mean, they were obviously excited that we won, but just right. you know that I was able to to get through a game healthy, I guess. <laughs> and and, and so, now, now you're going to Cleveland. Yeah. The the, the place where it is happened. there any significance about Cleveland? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> is there for you? You know, obviously it was it was the site of my my last injury, but um, I don't think it's something that I'm going to really think about all that much. Right. It's another game, you know. Sure, I dislocated my hip on that field, you know, two years ago, but I, hopefully it won't be something I'm thinking about because if I am, you know, I got bigger I got bigger issues. But um, it'll be fun to go back out there and uh, you know play on that field again. So let's change the topic. Good Let, call. Let's go to, we, one of the things we like to do is tell stories on this. So we call it story time. So can you tell us the story from training camp this year when you got in a fight with KC <laughs> and you pulled the classic move of punching a guy when he has his helmet on? The classic move that we're, we're all like, why would you ever do that? What were you, you would be the last guy who I would ever expect to punch a guy wearing a helmet. Okay, so clearly you two are ill-informed <laughs> yeah, about what actually took place oh, all right. on the field. Tell the story. Were you guys there? Yes. Aerial view. You weren't even Press there. Press box. Okay, so did you, you actually? Oh yeah, I wasn't you, at the stadium practice. You weren't there. He was I was at the stadium there. practice. So you weren't even there. Right. Okay. 
So <laughs> from the press box, you couldn't really tell. You just saw a scuffle, whatever. Anyways, here's what happened. So it was a run play. I'm on the backside cutting off. For whatever reason, I think KC just got yelled at by his coach, you know, telling him to, to go hard, whatever it was. You know, mm -hmm. I, I don't really know the circumstances behind it. But so he was going a little extra hard and, and the whistle had blown, the play was dead, and he there was an extra shove. Now, I am not somebody who ever resorts to fighting in those circumstances. <laughs> But in this circumstance, <laughs> I really felt like my hand was forced. You know, when you get shoved that late in front of everybody, mm -hmm. you really can't just cower and walk away. Mm -hmm. And so I came back at him. If you watch the film, he actually threw a punch at me Ooh. first, glanced off my face mask, which now in a football fight, like you guys pointed out, thinking it was me, you don't throw a punch at a helmet. Right. Obviously, that does no good. He threw a punch at me. I didn't even know he threw a punch at me in the heat of the moment because obviously you don't feel it. you have a helmet on. I only saw it on the film afterwards. So he threw a punch at me, and then I came back, countered with a face mask grab, mm. which in football is the most effective way to take somebody down and control them in a fight. Because where the head goes, the body goes. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so I grabbed the face mask. I did not punch at the face mask. So I grabbed the face uh -huh. mask and actually slung him to the ground by his face mask. And his helmet came flying off. In the process, somehow my finger got caught on the face mask. Mm. And so it bent sideways. And that's where I, I you know, had a fracture. So to summarize, <laughs> I'm not dumb enough to throw a punch at somebody's helmet I don't just take my bare knuckle and slam it against steel like some people do in a fight, like <laughs> KC actually did. Right. I'm so glad we asked you about he, this. He was fortunate that it was a glancing blow, and he didn't break his hand. You look like you, It sounds like you've been trying to set the record straight on this well, for months. I, I mean, I haven't because, obviously, I look like the idiot who threw a punch in a football fight at somebody's helmet and broke their hand. That's what you immediately right. assume when you say, oh, he broke his hand. Right. He was throwing a punch at a helmet. Stupid. Yeah, that's dumb. That wasn't what I did. <laughs> that's why I didn't do it. Right. <laughs> and I will, I will contend that I am the one who actually won the fight. Oh, that's what. That's because what, I threw him to the ground, and then obviously we were swarmed and immediately grabbed, and then it was pretty much over. But but you got the takedown. So yeah, I like to say that I won. I guess in hindsight, I'm the only one who got injured out of it. <laughs> so I guess you can make that argument, but. That's the story behind the fight, and obviously Casey and I are we're good friends now, so he's he's a good guy. I think you're. There's so no hard feelings at all. That's just <laughs> it's just what happens in the heat of practice sometimes. Right. I think you're so upset because he was trying to mess with your hair with that first punch. <laughs> we we all know nobody that, comes after my hair. That's right. You've got good hair, so I got. Two, I have great hair. I have two questions on the hair. How much time do you spend in the morning doing it? A and B. Who has the best hair in the locker room? And I'm included in that question. <laughs> You're included? I'm included you in the locker like room. You feel like you should be included? Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. To answer your first question, my hair has been trained so well over the years that it literally takes me 20 seconds to do it. Wow. wow Product in the hand, swoop it one way, get it going, done. That's years of practice, it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, it's years of training. It's you have to be a master. If, even if I, if I got out of the shower, dried my hair, 
even if I didn't put product in it, it would, you know, take this kind of shape, uh -huh. just naturally. But you know, obviously, you want to you want to clean it up and and really you know show the the shaved in part and everything. So you gotta right, right, right. you gotta just put a little bit of product in it. Uh, so best hair in the locker room, including me. Is it including me? You can't pick yourself. You, you, can't, you can't vote yeah, for yourself. Okay, yeah, so we'll just say out. that I have the best hair, and who's second? Okay. <laughs> um, one thing I do want to say is there is there have been several people in the locker room that I have influenced in oh, we a know positive who, direction. We know who one of them is. Who's that? It's got to be Flacco. Flacco is one of them. <laughs> if you go back five or six years ago, mm -hmm. and you look at Joe's hair, there is zero style to it. It's just there a wasn't much of it. Well, yeah, it was just a straight buzz cut, hair just like, you know, falling straight forward. There was really nothing. I feel like I was a big part in helping him kind of blossom into, you know, the side part. And what was, it, what was the latest uh, uh, Jimmy Fallon meme or what, what Dude, was it? Dude, you're stealing all of our questions. <laughs> Is this your question? All the bachelor, Bachelorette contestants rolled into one. Yes. Yeah. He was actually pretty proud of that. And, you know, because they all, if you watch that show, which I certainly do, right. I, th I don't think that's, you know, a surprise to anybody. <laughs> um, they all have the, the part, the side swoop, you know, all of that. So it's funny. The other person who you may not realize has better hair than when they came here was Kyle Juszczyk. Ooh. Oh, I went all right. Go back and look at Kyle's hair when he was a rookie in his second year. It's quite poor. And we have really molded him into a much better human being. Is, is this a leadership that you yeah. really take pride? You know, you're like the fashion leader in the locker room. I want room. people to realize their potential when it comes <laughs> to their hair. And I just feel like so many people are underutilizing their potential. Did, did, you also, did you also get rid of Joe's unibrow? I had nothing to do with that. <laughs> I think that was, um, I, don't, I don't do eyebrows. <laughs> just changing things for the better. In the locker room. All right, so let's go the other direction. Because a couple of years ago, you did the E Fashion Police show. Yeah. So that who was a is? While ago. You've talked about the improvements. Who right now do you need to take on as your case study? Like, who's the worst dressed guy in the locker room? <laughs> it's that's a tough question because everybody. When I see everybody, it's it's in you know, just workout clothes or gym. You know, it's like rarely do we see guys dressed up. You know, mm -hmm. I think it takes an away game to really see what guy's style is all about. Mm -hmm. If I had to help somebody, here's, let me go back to the hair, okay? I'm gonna just skirt <laughs> that, I'm gonna skirt the, the for, put that fashion on question for a second. Yeah, we struck a nerve. I've been trying to get Nick Boyle to grow his hair out for mm -hmm. a really long time. And I even told him, you know, he's gone for 10 weeks. I said, you need to come back and you need to have a full head of flowing hair because it would be amazing. <laughs> All he does is shave it to the, to the, you know, the, to the bone right now. Yeah, it's just, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't have any, you're not as much on the style, like the, the clothes. You're just hair, you specialize no, in I hair. No, I mean, obviously, yeah, I, I viciously judge people based on what they wear. Mm. Um, but <laughs> I don't, I don't want to put anybody's personal style into question right now. <laughs> okay, all right. Do you think you could have, ever gone on The Bachelorette? Could you have been The Bachelor? Absolutely. And would you have been a, a really good one? Absolutely. I, my wife and I actually have these conversations that if we were both on the show, who would go farther? Obviously Ooh. me. Obviously me. So, I don't know. We're actually, we're actually in the process of trying to get Dan Brown onto the show. Ah. 
Dan's a, a very eligible bachelor. There you go. And, uh, you know, we think he'd be good on there. Why do you have confidence that you would go far? Because you got to also, in the early episodes, you got to kind of have, you got to have, got to take a side. You either be, need to be like the jerk or, or something. Why do you feel like you uh, could have a good football run? football player thing. Going well, that. You I, know, that's a pretty good card. Yeah, I mean, worked well last season. It's true. It, it certainly did. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like, you know, why wouldn't I go the farthest? You know, that's asked. a better question have, to ask. Should not have asked the question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you, you've got three kids, son and twin daughters. Yep. Flacco's got three kids. Are you two racing? <laughs> Most kids. I do not want to try and keep up with Flacco. They have a fourth coming in uh, a couple months. Yeah. Listen, we, we thought we were going to be at this point with only two kids. <laughs> and then we had twins. So that certainly wasn't scripted or in the cards. Um, so that was a bit of a surprise for us. But, so we, got to, we went from one to three. We didn't want to be caught up to Joe this quickly, but um, it, it's been a lot of fun. It's a lot of work. So we got three kids, three and under right now. And uh, we're, we're a busy household. Uh, when you were in college, you did a mission in? Dominican Republic. And you still speak Spanish. Are you I fluent do. still? Uh, you know, I, I have forgotten a few words here and there, but I talk to Manny in the cafeteria mm-hmm. uh, all the time. And, uh, you know, it, it helps me keep my fluency in, in the language. Um, but, it, you know, for a while there, it was tough to really practice. And, you know, I'm in America now, so not as many people want to speak Spanish to me. So, so basically your Spanish is really locked in on the food. Yeah. You know, your food vocab I have is... learned a lot of food vocabulary, yes, through Manny. Um, but, yeah, it's just good to practice, you know. Manny's Guatemalan, I believe. Yeah. Great guy. Can you, can you say something really smart in Spanish right now? Yo soy muy inteligente. <laughs> I, is that literally, did you just repeat what I just said? No, I just said, I'm really smart. Yeah, nice. I even knew that. That was a couple years. Well, of I took high German, school. dude. Uh, that was a couple years of. You high took school. German. Say something in German. Buckling. He's buckling. Wow. What is that? You're very ugly. I only remember the insults. Wow. <laughs> it said something about me. I wanted to let you say right, my, I had something Miyamo, worse. My name that is... was really rude to say to Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> something even worse came into my head. I had to cut that yeah, one. Everyone remembers the cuss words. Seriously. That's all I remember. <laughs> so go back to the cafeteria because yesterday there was victory cake. It's always a nice thing. Victory yeah. cake. Did you guys have some? I, I didn't. That's what I was going to ask. Do you indulge in the victory cake? I didn't have any, no. I, uh, you know, I'm a professional athlete in training. I can't just be eating cake all the time. Is there a stigma? So when you go in there and there's victory cake, is everyone kind of like, yeah, I don't want to take too big of a piece because Harv's <laughs> was watching and all the other, like, junk food has been banned from the cafeteria? <laughs> no, there is, uh, we're, we're all pretty upset about the junk food being taken out of the cafeteria. All right, it's not just us. Yeah, yeah. No, we're all, we're all on board with you guys. Well, I'm also pretty upset about the players' only snacks. I used to eat bowler <laughs> bars like it was my job. Now they're banned. If you, if you guys want me to slide you a couple, just oh, let me yes. know. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> we got to give them a, hand them a 20. I got the, my bowler bars are coming back <laughs> yeah, in. For, for a 20, you can have as many as you want. <laughs> nice. I didn't know you were actually going to pay me. <laughs> so we, we're, we were talking about, you know, your wife earlier and whatnot. And, uh, we need some Gar- advice. We need some advice, right, because my anniversary is this week. <laughs> Really? What? Eight years. Eight years. Eight years, yep. Got married young. Nice. Garrett's wife's birthday this week. Yep. No, nothing, right. nothing planned, bought, 
Nothing. No, we got plans, but the gift. I always struggle with the gift. The gift to me is the hardest part because there's a lot of pressure that goes into getting the gift. You know, you don't want to get something you already have. Is it going to be the right size if you go the clothing route? Yeah. I'm also more of an experiences guy. You know, I like to go and whether it's Do a trip something. or something. Sure. What's your last minute go-to gift? Um, that's a great question. <laughs> So I've been married eight years now, too. Oh, congrats. I've been married buddy. a while. How long have you been married, Garrett? Uh, about a year and a half. Okay, so you're still super nervous about what you're going to get her. Yeah, exactly. See? I'm yeah, asking see, the veterans in, right it's here. Like, it's like, oh, it's your birthday? <laughs> oh, My, my wife literally forgot that it was our anniversary. <laughs> I knew she would. Yeah. <laughs> our anniversary is late July. So it's like, you know, we're just about ready to go back for training camp. We... You know, we're in the process of kind of moving everything back. We just never really end up doing anything. We, we can't really go on a trip or anything like that. So mm -hmm. it's it's pretty. It's been pretty lackluster the last few <laughs> anniversaries, to say the least. <laughs> I am not the best person to give you advice about gift giving. I I, I really don't know. I mean, clothing is difficult because oh yeah no that sizing and all that i feel like everything just gets taken back and flirting with danger on that <laughs> yeah I, I i wish i could give you a good answer i can't do you struggle with it as much as we apparently do i just i, I don't think i i stress over it as much as uh, you are okay <laughs> so w would you say that your wife would say that you're romantic probably not hmm. would she say you have great hair she would say i have great hair <laughs> She well, would definitely say that. Well, speaking of gifts, it's been a real gift to have you on the podcast. You guys are welcome. Today. Thank you so much, and uh, best luck to you. Well, thanks to Dennis Pitta once again as he walks out of the room here. Uh, great interview. But, Garrett, I, I want to turn the focus to football. And, yeah, Dennis is gone. You think he's really back? Really? <laughs> <laughs> is he really going to be good? Yeah, he, what, he said that he feels like he could be as good in that first game. I actually thought it was kind of interesting that he said – he admitted that the first game was sort of like getting those jitters out of there, getting to start to feel like he – getting back to that point. Like he needed that first game to get back to feeling like he can play at a high level again. I mean, I think so. Joe's going to throw in the ball, and right. he can still catch it. Now, you, you say I put out a di million different takes, you know, and, and then kind of split the difference. But will you give me this? I have been on the Dennis Pitta bandwagon – since the second hip injury, I've said he's going to come back. He's going to play. The only time I, I ever doubt it for a, a second was at the locker clean-out last year. And talking to him, he just didn't sound very optimistic then. But I've been, on, I've been riding this train. I've been on the yeah. optimistic side. No, I, I'll give you that. I was less optimistic when he said last year, if I don't come back and play this year, it's probably not going to happen. And then he didn't come back and play last year. I was like, well... I'm going to take his word for it. It's probably not going to happen. But oh, I'll give credit where credit is due. You said that you, you were high on him. And I think this year, I mean, I think if, if he's available in your fantasy league, he's a pretty good pickup right now. I'm still really salty that I didn't get him. Uh, expectations. What do you think season's end, what's Dennis's numbers going to look like? I think that he probably, I don't know, I think he's probably going to average about five catches a game. So I think he's probably going to have like 50 catches and probably around 600-some receiving yards and probably like six touchdowns because that's where he's most valuable is in the end zone and on third downs over the middle of the field. So well, five catches per game, that's 80 catches. Quick math here. Yeah, 80 catches. I said around, so give or take two. <laughs> so I'll have some will ha he'll have five, and I'll have some will have two. I'm so. going to give him 60 catches for 650 yards 
and six touchdowns. I'm going. Did you just take my number? I said six touchdowns and around 600 yards. So you just changed I said the catch 650. number. All right. I said around 600 yards. So basically, you just copied exactly what I just did said. Did you give the touchdowns? Yes, I did. We can go back and pull the tape. Did you say six? Yes. All right, well, then you're a smarter man than I give credit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so we've had enough of, uh, back and forth of this podcast, but uh, we have a lot of cool stuff lined up in the coming weeks. Uh, we have several players lined up to do interviews, and then we also are just going to continue to break down what happens with this team over the course of the season. Really big game in Cleveland. I know people might not agree with that when you say big game in Cleveland, but the Ravens need to start the season strong. Already want to know. They need this win. There's only 16 of them. They're all big. They're all big. So uh, we'll have everything to break it down from that game in Cleveland. There will be a podcast on that coming out next Tuesday. Thank you very much for listening. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe, share, and email us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. We'll talk to you next week.